For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Lots of developments uh, since the last show. Oh, the testimony of Donald Trump today, which will uh, talk about um, the continuing um, fighting in Israel and the demonstrations against Israel, as I've said before. Not a single demonstration since October 7th has been a pro-Palestinian demonstration. They've all been pro-Hamas, anti-Israel, calling for the end of Israel. Israel has to be destroyed. The world has to be cleaned of Israel from the river to the sea. Palestine will be free of Jews. So we're seeing more and more of that. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of young Hitler youth are marching on the streets calling for the end of uh, Israel. And we have to treat them the way we would treat uh, Klansmen, uh, Nazis, who did march in cities all over the United States in the 1920s and the 1930s. So there's there's nothing really different about the current version of Hitler Youth. They're not wearing swastikas. They're wearing green green headbands, but their message is the same: uh, a world free of Jews, uh, Middle East free of Jews, uh, Israel uh, abolished. Uh, that's what they're calling for. But. I'm going to, oh, my son had a great idea, by the way. My son, Elon, who produces the show, uh, his idea was this. Do you, do you ever hear of Birthright? Birthright is a, is a program paid for privately that sends kids of Jewish heritage, no matter if they have one parent or two parents, or if they just identify as Jews, people of Jewish heritage to Israel um, and give them an opportunity for uh, 10 days or two weeks to see Israel. Um, they take them everywhere. Uh, to biblical Israel, they take them to the West Bank. Uh, they can't take them to Gaza, obviously. They take them all over, and the kids have a wonderful, wonderful time. So my son has come up with a really good idea for these marches, these hundreds of thousands of uh, college-age kids who are marching, a birthright for Gaza uh, so that we can finance privately, and I would be happy to contribute to it, sending these kids to, to Gaza um, and and uh, having them advocate uh, for the end of Israel in Gaza, and I would you know particularly focus on uh, gays for Gaza. Let's send gay kids to to uh, Gaza Strip. Let's send transgender kids to. Uh, let's have a special group called Feminists for Gaza, uh, and it'd be cheap because you wouldn't have to buy a return ticket. They'd all be killed. They'd all be murdered gays for Gaza, they'd end up being thrown off roofs, transgenders for Gaza, feminists for Gaza, progressives for Gaza, they'd all be killed. So it would be half the price of uh, birthright in Israel because all you need is a one-way ticket and, you know, some money for some uh, funerals. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 I say it in jest, but the idea that these people are advocating for a regime, Hamas, which believes in honor killing of women if they dishonor their men, uh, that believe in rape as an appropriate uh, punishment. The most anti-feminist, anti-gay groups in the world, and yet gays for Gaza, feminists for Gaza, progressives, you know what happens to progressives in Gaza, 
they too are imprisoned or executed. All right, all right, enough of that. Let's turn to Donald Trump. Um, a little, a little history. So back at the end of the 1960s, the beginning of the 1970s, before most of you were born, uh, there was a famous trial in America. It was called the trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, it was during the 1968 presidential um, conventions in Chicago that a group of radicals headed by people like Abby Hoffman, left-wing progressive radicals, um, um, demonstrated and engaged sometimes in some violent conduct, and they were all arrested and charged with a conspiracy. And I was a consultant on the case because there were free speech issues. And uh, the trial turned into a farce because they had picked a judge named Julius Hoffman, who was a very right-wing um, um, jurist to preside over the trial. And he uh, hated these, these radical uh, defendants. And the radical defendants hated him. And, and Abby Hoffman came up with a tactic, he said, basically, to his lawyers and everybody else, look, we can't win this case. In front of Judge Julius Hoffman, let's see what we can do about getting it reversed on appeal. And the best way to do it is to provoke this judge. He has a short fuse. And provoke him into making error after error. And that's exactly what Hoffman did. He stood up and he made speeches and he, you know, wore costumes and he did everything possible to provoke the judge and the judge fell into the trap. And uh, I was one of the lawyers on the appeal and we won the appeal and he held the lawyers in contempt and we won the appeal on contempt. So uh, we had a total victory and Hoffman really was uh, laughed at. By, by his fellow judges, and he was condemned uh, by, um, by jurists and, and by appellate judges. So um, I call this the Chicago 7 tactic, and I think it's what Donald Trump is using now. He knows he can't win this case in front of this judge. This judge has shown such incredible bias. He knows that the prosecutor will never afford him a fair trial. Uh, she has shown just such incredible bias that... Um, I think he decided, look, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be Donald Trump, politician. Hey, you know, help me once to win an election. He thinks it helped him twice to win an election. He's wrong. But nonetheless, that's what he thinks. So um, he got on the witness stand and didn't behave the way a witness generally does in his own cases. He made speeches. He attacked the judge. Uh, he didn't attack the judge's law clerk, although I think he's perfectly entitled to under the Constitution. Um, but the judge had threatened him with um, contempt if he did. But he accused the prosecutor of uh, improper conduct. He accused the judge. And she, the prosecutor, fell right into the trap. Indeed, didn't even fall into it. She basically jumped into it. Uh, she held a press conference before his testimony, anticipating what he would say and and then she went into the courtroom and asked the television cameras to point to her rather than him. Um, and then after his testimony was over, she held another, uh, not press conference, but made a statement in front of the, uh, of the court. Um, she's proved beyond any doubt that for her, this is a political prosecution. After all, she campaigned. She campaigned on the promise to get Trump. That's how my book got its name. I didn't create that title. That's her title, Get Trump. She promised she would get Trump. And she's done everything in her power 
to do it. And she's fallen into all of his traps um, because it's so obvious that uh, this is a political trial. And the judge has fallen into his traps. You know, the judge actually, I'm, we can't see the trial because absurdly, the judge said it can't be on television. I understand why he doesn't want his biases to be spread all over the TV cameras. But Apparently, according to reports, the judge initially said, no, you can't file motions. No, or you say you're going to file a motion for doing away with the gag order or a mistrial. No, I'm not allowing you to file the motions. Hey, go back to law school. You can't, judge can't stop you from filing motions. Uh, that's why we have courts of appeals. You have to file the motion. Otherwise, you can't get an appeal. You'll have waived the issue. Finally, probably his law clerk whispered, in his ear uh, that he'd get reversed immediately if he didn't allow motions to be uh, filed. And um, so he allowed, apparently allowed the motions to be filed, but he cut off um, Trump repeatedly. And remember when Trump raised his hand to take an oath, he didn't take an oath to tell the truth. He took an oath to tell the whole truth, the whole truth. And it seems to me that when you've taken an oath to tell the whole truth, you can't be asked to answer a question, yes or no, because that doesn't tell the whole truth. The whole truth should require you to give background and context, especially this is not a jury trial. The judge can ignore what you say. He can find it not credible. But the one thing he can't do is shut you up. He can't prevent you from telling the whole truth. That's the oath you took to take the whole truth. And... Uh, I think the judge, again, has just done everything in his power to give Trump two types of victories, one that he's assured of, and that is in the court of public opinion. He's winning these cases in the court of public opinion. Uh, his poll numbers are going up over the weekend. The New York Times, CBS, I think, Siena, one of those polls uh, showed him uh, Trump ahead in four or five states with uh, lots and lots of electoral votes and states that have gone both ways over the past many years. Um, so if the election were held today, uh, tomorrow's election day, if the election were held today, as it will be held a year from today, a year from now, uh, he might very well win. Um, he won't win the popular vote, but he might win the electoral vote, which is all that counts. And um, his poll numbers seem to go up every time he gets involved in one of these highly political cases. And, you know, uh, he made it sound, this is all organized, you know, it's done by the Obama, by the Trump administration, sorry, by the Biden administration. Uh, no, that's not true. And the best proof that it isn't true is that the two weakest cases have gone first. The first indictment was the New York indictment for a non-existent crime, totally made up uh, crime that could have put Alexander Hamilton in jail. And, and the second one is um, another made up case. Whoever heard of the attorney general of the state devoting so much time and resources to protecting the people who need the protection least of the attorney general, rich banks and insurance companies. Uh, moreover, they didn't lose any money. Now the new theory is, well, maybe they could have made more money had he told the truth. That is so speculative. The banks didn't complain. They didn't file lawsuits against them. It's the attorney general seeking to protect the banks from Donald Trump. That's just not something 
that our legal system and the attorney general of the state is supposed to represent all the people should be concerned with it. Should be bringing lawsuits on behalf of those who are incapable of protecting their interests, not on behalf of banks. But uh, the two cases in New York are the two weakest cases um, uh, legally, but perhaps two strong cases politically because they're in New York, they're in Manhattan. And in Manhattan, uh, a petty jury will convict a ham sandwich if its name is Donald Trump. And so they're fairly confident they'll get convictions. They already got a verdict from the judge before he even heard all the evidence he ruled against uh, uh, Trump. And, and now the only issue really is is damages. Um, I still don't know the answer to the question, who's responsible for there not being a jury trial, at least as to some aspects of the case. There, there should have been a jury trial. And um, I, I don't know the reason why there isn't, whether it's his lawyers who didn't ask for it or whether the state rules don't permit it. I've tried to find it out and I have not been able to get to the bottom of that mystery, but the end result is no jury trial. And the judge will make a decision and you could write the decision, probably was written, but you can write the decision before hearing any more evidence. You know how it's going to come out. Um, I would think he'd be smart enough, doesn't impress me with his smarts, but he'd be smarter, smart enough never to mention the valuation of Mar-a-Lago at 17 or 18 million dollars. Once you mention that, there's no credibility to anything else in anything else he says. Uh, Trump may have exaggerated when he says it's worth 50 or 100 times that, but it's certainly worth a multiple of that. As I've said before, if somebody wants to sell me Mar-a-Lago for $17 million. I go to some rich friends, uh, borrow it and turn it around for at least 20 or 30 times um, that amount. Um, so once he got into evaluating Mar-a-Lago, um, his credibility was shot. They have a much stronger case on the uh, size of the apartment uh, in the Trump Tower, because that's an objective matter. Well, it depends. Do you count balconies? Do you count this? Do you count that? But, you know, apparently the discrepancy there was, was pretty great, and I don't know how that is explained. But, you know, the most important fact in the case is that Apparently, all the valuations, all the estimates said uh, in the documents, you know, basically, these are our estimates. You have to make your own estimates. Um, CNN, which gets everything wrong. I've never seen a network that has such incompetent legal experts, such incompetent legal experts. I mean, almost everything they say is wrong. I, I, I mean, I hope none of them are my former students. I'd be embarrassed. Uh, every, I mean, if students wrote what they wrote on the exam, I'll give you a couple of examples. One of their great legal experts essentially said that if a witness, not the defendant, but if a witness takes the Fifth Amendment, that fact can be used against the defendant. Duh. No, it can't. It can only be used against the defendant if the defendant takes the Fifth Amendment in a civil case, not if a witness takes, you know, that's, First year law school, but these people just don't just don't know it. Uh, they're not there for their legal ability. They're not there for their uh, expertise. They're there because of what they look like and because maybe their verbal skills, but they just don't know what they are talking about. And almost every prediction that they make turns out to be 
wrong. So please caveat emptor when you listen to CNN, do not take seriously their legal commentators. And, you know, I normally say most of the legal commentators. I have not heard a single legal commentator in recent years on CNN who's gotten it right. I just haven't heard any. They just, they have everything wrong. They have the tactics wrong. They have the law wrong. They have the legal philosophy wrong. They just have every single thing wrong. The predictions are wrong for an obvious reason because they're wishful thinking. Um, but uh, the legal analysis to get that as wrong as they get it, just just inexcusable. But, um, you know, that they, they're so one-sided in their analysis. And I don't know whether, whether it's because they're hired to be one-sided uh, or they're afraid that if they say anything that might support the other side, they will be fired. Um, I don't know the answer, but I have never seen such a group of incompetent uh, legal analysts. Um, uh, you know, there should be a certification before you become a legal analyst. I mean, one of them today said, well, well when you're borrowing from a bank, you're a fiduciary of the bank. No, you're not a fiduciary of the bank. You're a fiduciary to your own uh, clients, stockholders, etc. But you're not a fiduciary for the um, antagonistic other side that is trying to get higher uh, 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 rates of interest when you're trying to get lower rates of interest. But you know these things just pass by because the 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 anchors don't know anything. And so they allow these legal commentators to just misinform the public. And that's what, what they do uh, repeatedly. So please, when you're listening to CNN, don't take seriously what any of their legal commentators say. Look it up on Google. You, you do a better job looking it up on Google than you do listening to these high-paid legal uh, commentators, some of whom went to fancy law schools and worked in the U.S. attorney's office uh, or did other high prestige jobs, and some of them were law clerks, but they just generally don't know what they're talking about. And particularly when it comes to strategy, uh, these winning lawyers or these lawyers who have any kind of a, a history of winning cases, oh, they'll say the prosecutors, they won most of the cases. Well, prosecutors on average win like 96% of their cases. So if these guys are down to 85%, uh, they're not doing very well. In any event, please be careful when you listen to legal analysts. So uh, you have to be less careful when you listen to me because I, I call it straight. Of course, the judge will find against Donald Trump. Um, and I'm not confident that he'll win on appeal because it's a case involving numbers and a case involving evaluations. Certainly he should win on appeal, but I'm not going to predict here that he will win on appeal. I do think that in some of the criminal cases, particularly the New York criminal case, he will win an appeal. I don't even think a biased appellate court could sustain a conviction based on something that's not a crime at all. If it is, we're really, really in trouble. So we'll see what happens. People ask me, are these trials, uh, are these prosecutions, are these fraud cases, are they election interference? Of course they are. They have a clear goal. Uh, and they discuss it on CNN, uh, the goal, oh, is it going to affect the election? Oh, maybe it won't affect the primary, but we hope it will affect the general election, you know, the suburban voters and the middle voters. We hope it will. that's the goal. The goal is to 
affect the outcome of the election and then not care whether these trials are reversed on appeal because that will come after the election is over. You can call it election interference. You can just call it an attempt to use the uh, legal system to influence elections one way or another. It's not good. It's not good for our legal system. So today was a bad day for the rule of law. Um, Every one of the cases against Donald Trump uh, are bad for the rule of law. Uh, if you're going after the man running against the incumbent president, you better have a slam dunk, strong, strong case. And none of these cases are are strong. The only strong one has not a smoking gun, but a smoking cigarette butt. And that is the evidence is fairly clear that Trump did violate the law when he waived what, what he said was classified material in front of a reporter and a publisher and said, oh, these are still secret. I know I, you know, I shouldn't, but, you know, they're secret. Uh, I could have declassified them, but I didn't. That seems to me is a minor, 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 minor crime. That's why I call it a smoking cigarette, but it's not a smoking gun, uh, but it's smoking. Uh, the other cases I don't think have smoke. Uh, and we'll see. Um, they'll get convictions. I'm not predicting acquittals. I certainly would never uh, predict an acquittal in the District of Columbia for Donald Trump. You'd have to be a fool to do that because we know what the jury veneer will be made up of as well as the judge. So um, there'll be a conviction in the District of Columbia. Will there be a reversal? You know, you never know. It depends on the makeup of the panel. The um, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals is a mixed panel. Uh, some conservatives, some progressives, some <clears throat> Democrats, some Republicans. So stay tuned. These legal cases are ongoing. Tomorrow we'll probably get back to dealing with uh, um, more compelling issues uh, around life and death in the Middle East. But that depends on what else we see. Um, my son and I don't decide what to put on the show until probably mid-afternoon or early afternoon because we read the papers, we follow the social media and we see what's hot and uh, what's interesting and what I can contribute to. And that's what we generally put on the show. So I can't tell you what will be on tomorrow, except it'll, it'll be interesting because the world is an interesting place. Is an interesting place today. Most of the letters, um, because they reflected last week's content, um, refer to uh, what's going on in the Middle East and some, some are more general. They were very complimentary this time. Uh, can't believe this channel has so few subscribers, especially since it has no ads. I learned so much from this podcast. Well, sometimes it gets 100,000 viewers, sometimes in the 50s and 60s. I'm sure, I'd love to have more viewers. I'd love to speak to more people. And I'd love to have more people sending questions. Mr. Dershowitz is on fire. God bless you, Professor. Well, I'm on fire because so many bad things are happening in the Middle East and the, the Hitler Youth. Um, is so dangerous uh, to America as it was in the 1930s um, when the world was divided between Hitler Youth and Stalin Youth. Um, the one thing you could be sure is that youth in general will take extreme positions and uh, hopefully some of them will grow out of them. Some won't. Um, I am a Christian and I'm horrified but what I'm seeing taking place in our universities. I think any professor promoting hatred and anti-Semitism should be fired immediately. Well, I don't know about that. I can tell you this. If they were promoting sexism or racism, they'd be fired immediately. And there's a double standard for anti-Semitism. Uh, because 
of um, you. I am learning about the history of Israel and the Palestinians, and I'm learning the truth. Thank you for all the information. I wish you could be teaching this at some of these woke uh, colleges. No, they would never let me teach. I only had 50 years of experience at Harvard, but I wouldn't be allowed in the courtroom in any of these woke colleges. I can't even speak at Brooklyn College where I went to school or Harvard Law School where I taught for 50 years because they don't want to hear uh, those views. They want to hear only views that um, um, satisfy their own particular ideology. I just pre-ordered your latest book, uh, The War war Against the Jews. Your voice is needed. Thank you. Greetings from Germany. It's interesting. The German vice foreign minister made one of the strongest statements in support of Israel that's been made by by, by officials. And uh, it's, it's so interesting that um, there's so much support for Israel um, by, by, by Germans and by people in Eastern Europe, by some of the worst uh, countries with histories of anti-Semitism seem to have maybe learned their lesson. And maybe some of these Hitler youth could, could um, learn a bit from, from some of the foreign countries. I doubt it. I doubt that they're open-minded enough. Um, regarding the Hitler Youth, <laughs> is the question, who are the children of people who were the professor's friends? And it's true. Uh, what guidance did they get from their parents? I think the parents didn't want to give them any guidance as to these political issues. The um, parents today, a lot of them are terrified by their woke children. They don't want to lose their relationships with their children. I know people like that. And so they basically say, yes, dear, yes, dear. Yeah, I understand your view. Yes, dear, yes, dear. Now, that's not the way to educate children. Uh, if you're going to take these positions, at least read something. Know what you're talking about. But um, education, open-mindedness uh, is not seen part of the woke progressive agenda today. So you are absolutely right that some of these students would support Hamas here in the United States. I hope and pray that the FBI, CIA, and Homeland Security will wake up and protect us. God bless America. God bless Israel. Now, striking an appropriate balance is very difficult. I don't want the CIA and the FBI to be investigating people for their uh, political views. As, as Thomas Jefferson wrote in 1800, um, First Amendment protects ideas. But when these ideas manifest themselves into criminal conduct, um, then that's when law enforcement comes into being. And I think the hardest question that we're going to face now in the, in, the, in the weeks to come is that statute that um, makes it a crime to provide, quote, material support for a terrorist group. Hamas is a terrorist group, so is Hezbollah. I don't think marching uh, and chanting and painting things on the White House gate uh, provide material support for terrorist groups, but you know, sending money to, to Gaza it depends on what what you know about where that money is going. They cross the line. The, the courts have held that giving advice and lending your expertise to a, a terrorist group uh, does. I know I had to get some clearance from the Justice Department some years ago when I was speaking for and giving advice to um, the anti-Iranian um, Mujahideen movement, uh, which had been designated a terrorist group, we got it off the terrorist list because they weren't terrorists. But I remember I had to get approval from the Justice Department before I could speak uh, on behalf of those groups because that would be providing material 
support. So those are hard lines and and the law is not clear. There aren't that many cases, but the law so far has been pretty tough on people who have given material support to terrorist groups. So let's see the direction in which that comes from. I'm a constitutional conservative, Trump-supporting Republican who absolutely loves Alan Dershowitz, a real classical liberal and patriot. It's a pleasure to listen and learn from you, sir, and thank you for your great service. May God bless you, Alan Dershowitz. I'm not sure you're going to continue to like me. Um, you know, people like me when I come down on their side. Uh, there aren't too many people who like me because my structural issues, you know, that I'm a libertarian, uh, that I believe in free speech, not for not for the not for me, but not for thee. Um, I believe in free speech for everybody, but you know, and I defend anybody. But when I come out on the wrong way, people who used to like me tend often not to. And so, you know, we live to paraphrase the Chinese curse. We live in interesting times, but we also live in awful times. Uh, I could never have predicted how bad things have gotten. And usually, things get bad when there's some major event like, you know, a depression or um, maybe even major hurricanes or things like that, uh, or, or some other, uh, you know, uh, threats to our national security. America is a safe place generally. Um, and, and we're doing okay. Yeah. A little too much inflation here, a little too much this there, etc. But we're not the way we were in the thirties during the great depression when, communism was competing with fascism and people were extremes. We're a relatively uh, normal time um, economically and in other ways. Uh, and yet the extremes have taken over far too much and it's not good for our country. And I'm going to keep railing against the extreme left and the extreme right and hopefully see what we can do to move the country somewhat more to the center. Let's continue to argue and to discuss these things, but uh, let's marginalize the real extremists, uh, the ones who hate America, the ones who hate Israel, the ones who hate the Judeo-Christian tradition. There are too many of them, and too many of them are young, and there's a danger that they will become our future leaders unless we fight back. On The Dirt Show, I will always fight back. See you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.